Hello Swim Talkers and welcome to Torpedo Swim Talk. I'm your host Danielle Sperling and each week I take a deep dive into the swimming journey of master swimmers from around the world. Today's guest is a multiple Masters World Champion. She swims out of New York for the New York Athletic Club, which she's also chairperson of, and in her spare time has co-founded the not-for-profit Trident Swim Foundation. Today I welcome to the podcast the lovely Kristen Gary. Hi Kristen, welcome to the podcast. Hi Danielle, thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Have you managed to get a swim in today? Today, I have not. I have been a little bit lazy, um, but I try to get in, I would say three or four times a week. Yes. I have really no excuse because my the pool that I swim in is like three blocks from my house. So when I'm late, it's even worse because I really have no, no excuse. <laughs> <laughs> um, where are you based in the U.S.? Um, I live in Manhattan. Um, I'm on 55th Street, so kind of right in the epicenter of New York City. I'm right behind Carnegie Hall and just a couple of blocks from Central Park. So uh, it's it's a great area. It's like super central and uh, I love it here. Yeah. And, and what pool, when you make it to training, what pool are you uh, based out of? So um, I swim for the New York Athletic Club which is a private club that's on Central Park South and 7th Avenue in New York City. Um, For many years, I trained when I first got back into swimming. And when I was swimming, first swimming masters, I trained with a club called Red Tide, which I was a member of for very many years, which I love and adored. Um, But then I kind of made the switch over to New York Athletic Club. Um, And they're both in Manhattan. Red Tide had a couple of pools around the city. And then the New York, the AC has its own pool and its own facilities. And, and so um, it's great. Is the New York athletic club a short course yards pool? Oh yes. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> there um, are swimming in New York is a challenge. Yes. Um, there are, believe it or not, there are quite a few pools, but they're very hard to get into just uh, the, the restrictions on access is, especially with COVID, it's just been crazy. So a lot of uh, master's teams here in the city have actually shut down because all the pools that they were renting just stopped renting. So there was no swimming and it's still, it's still really hard. I mean, I don't think they're back actually. So luckily I was, you know, part of this private club where we stopped for a while, but eventually we, we opened up again. So yeah, that's that. It has been like that across the world. I mean, as a lot of the people I've spoken to have come up with creative ways to, you know, get some swimming in, and obviously lakes and oceans and things. But yeah, that, that's a little bit more difficult in New York, isn't it? That's great in the summertime, and if you're not in New York City. But I, I mean, this is just my personal opinion. I don't love swimming around New York, <laughs> as, as what you know. Some people love it. It's just not my, really my bag. Um, so I, I do really enjoy open water swimming, but, um, yeah, not, not around here. So, um, (laughs) it's been nice to have the pool back open. I bet. I bet. Look, tell us how you first got started in swimming. What led you there? Um, as, as a little kid. Yeah. As a little kid. Oh, wow. I haven't thought about that in a long time. Yeah. Um, I started swimming summer swim league 
I don't know. You probably have the same thing in Australia. We have clubs in the summertime where you're, you can be basically any age. And if you can get across the deep end, or if you can get across the 25 yard pool, you can join the team. And I started swimming when I was probably six and I, and I just loved it. You know, I loved being in the water all the time. And, you know, I, I was just so happy there. We played sharks and minnows and Marco Polo and, you know, we're constantly going up the diving boards and getting in trouble and running the running around in the pool deck. And that to me was the best in the summertime. So that's how I got into it. Yeah. And then did you gradually sort of compete in high school in America? I, I did. I competed in high school. I, I swam for club teams um, in, I'm from Connecticut so I swam for club teams in Connecticut. Um, and then I went to, I swam for four years at Duke University, which is in North Carolina. Um, and so I s- made it to the end, <laughs> you know, I mean, I mean, I've of an age where when we, uh, you know, basically after college swimming, there was nowhere to go and there's nothing really to do after that. So when my hand hit the wall in the last race in college, I'm like, oh, I'm done. I'm never going to swim again. You know, now what, now what do I do? Who am I? (laughs) So, um, so I took, uh, about a decade off, uh, and I did a whole bunch of other stuff. I moved to Italy. I was studying, I was getting my master's. I lived abroad for a long time and eventually came back. And, um, I came to New York city in the early nineties and, you know, I still wasn't swimming, but I was starting to really miss it. And, and I was really, and it's, when you come back, when you come to a city, you don't know anyone, the camaraderie that you have in the pool and the camaraderie that you have with your swim team, you really can't find. And that the closeness of those friendships and kind of the immediacy of understanding, you know, these people in a lane with you, it's really hard to find elsewhere. And so I, I started missing it. And I was also, you know, you're in New York city, so you're going out all the time. And so on one hand, you know, you're like dinners and parties and bars. And I'm like, wow, I've really got to balance it on the other side because it's going to (laughs) start, I'm going to start tipping (laughs) over soon. So that's what kind of drove me back into the pool. And, you know, I never thought that I would race again. I never thought that I would compete again. And then you know, once you get back in the pool and you start doing sets and then you meet other swimmers and it just, it just kind of, you know, sneaks back in. So that's how I got back into the pool and I've been doing it ever since really. Yeah. That that's a really good explanation of, I think what a lot of people go through having that um, training structure all through sort of teenage years and into university. And then, yeah, the same with Australia. There was nothing after you quit swimming, although we don't have that college system here. But, mm-hmm. you know, I spent many years out of the water myself. And when I just yeah. started swimming, it was like a whole new world again. Because right. I think not only the racing, but as you say, the, um, you know, the little chats you have in the lane at the end of a set or, in you know, in between your hundreds that you're doing, I don't think other people outside of swimming can quite understand how you can no. have a conversation that lasts the whole training session. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You're like, wait, but I have three seconds to finish my sentence. <laughs> I need a press, but, yes, that's the answer to your question. And I'll tell you the rest yeah. at the end. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, yes. And when you um, got back into master swimming, how long was it before you started competing again? I think it took me a couple of years. I was really happy just, you know, seeing friends and, and um, maybe it took a year. I think I was really kind of nervous. And I remember the first swim meet that I ever went to was a kind of, it was a local meet here in the city. Uh, when we used to have swim meets in New York city, <laughs> we haven't had them in years now. Um, and I, I was surprised at how familiar and yet how nerve wracking it was at the same time. Like I was at, you know, kind of a dinky little local meet, and I cannot tell you the butterflies that I had in my stomach before going off the block for the first time in 10 years. I thought I was going to have a heart attack. And, but then there's something that's also so kind of familiar and uh, connecting to that too. It just like, brings up all of these amazing memories and sensations of when you're a little kid and then you race and, and it's very addictive. You know, I, I like to race and, and I love that like intensity, even though you're, you know, it doesn't matter (laughs) necessarily. Um, It's just any, it's a really great feeling of satisfaction when you actually you know, see your time's going down and you're getting faster. And, um, so that was basically what happened, you know, just like that little bite. And, um, I was basically right back at it. Yeah. How did you do? um, Yeah, absolutely. How did you deal with the sort of the, the mind game that you have, you know, your old PB from back in college to what, what you swim now? How did you sort of think about that? Um, Well, I did my best times as like a 43 year old. Really? Wow. Yeah. And I, you know, part of it is like, part of it is the fact that swimming, the sport of swimming has developed so much since we were in the pool training when we were little kids or in high school, college, you know, my coach wasn't that great in college and, you know, it was kind of rough. Like the fact that I liked swimming that he didn't beat it out of me was like, you know, like a miracle, you know, like, oh, 16, 400s, ready, go, you know, I'll see you in an hour or whatever it is. So hour and 20 minutes. Um, so, but people, the techniques are so different now. And, you know, for example, I think a big difference is you don't have to touch the wall in a backstroke turn. Uh, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, and all the underwater kicking, which I basically had to try to teach myself and get halfway decent at. Um, that also didn't really exist. You know, no one kicked fly underwater. That was like, what are you doing? So, um, you know, those made big differences in, in how, you know, fast you could swim. So, but anyway, I did like, I did my best times as, you know, an old person. <laughs> so that's, that's an amazing accomplishment. I mean, did your training, did you notice a big difference in the training as well? Obviously the technique, um, in the race backstroke particularly has moved forward yeah. swimming at college. But had the the different type of training that you did or was it? I think we did a lot because I wasn't swimming every day. Like I was swimming like four times a week, maybe. And and I think it was like a lot less slog and a lot more um, quality training and a lot more, you know, doing speed work and things like that, that that really helped, you know, 
Um, and also it was, I think that when you're, at least this is my experience, you know, when you're younger, it's like, it's nerve wracking and you're so involved in it and everything is like life and death. If you drop a 10th or not. And when you do it as an adult, you do it for the joy of swimming and the joy of the sport and your connection with your friends in the water. And I, I think that that coming, going to a meet or going to a practice in that very positive place makes a big difference. Yes. So that, that's, that was my experience. And now like now that was like 10 years ago for me. So, you know, I definitely don't expect to be doing those times now. I, you know, I was talking to one of my teammates last night, who's much younger than I am. And he's just starting to kind of contemplate that, you know, like the fact that he's, I mean, he was on the U S national team. He was amazing. You know, he's an amazing athlete. He's an amazing swimmer. And he's like, yeah, I'm going to go to this meet. He's like, and how am I going to, how am I going to deal with, you know, my times being so far off what I was doing? And I'm like, you just will, like, it's going to happen and you're going to have fun at the meet. And you're just going to realize that it's okay. It's just okay. And you're going to love it. And you're going to come back. He's like, you know what? I think that's, I think you're right. (laughs) So (laughs) yes, I think, I think as you age up in uh, master swimming, it's, you know, a lot of people say to me, you are doing a PB for that year. Oh, right. Right. (laughs) I mean, we're definitely beating the people on the couch, right? That's right. That's exactly right. (laughs) You've had a lot of success at FINA World Championships and so on. How do you prepare for a competition like that? I don't, I pray. I don't know. I'm like, I dread it the entire time because I'm, I really prefer short course and we don't have a lot of opportunity to swim long course. So I mean, sometimes I feel like, uh, I was at, I was in, uh, Korea. The last one that I went to was Korea. Uh, and I swam the hundred fly, which I can't even remember ever swimming a hundred meter long course fly. And I was up on the block and I literally like just about to take my mark. And I'm like, I was laughing to myself. I looked to the other end of the pool and I'm like, man, I hope we make it back. <laughs> you know? Like, wow, that's going to be a fun race. Anyway, it went fine. Um, so how do I prepare? I, I really, the thing that I try to do most is, you know, I try to increase the strength work that I'm doing. Um, I think that, you know, the thing that you notice the most is that you, you really have to hit the gym. Um, that's what I would say. I mean, I, I think the yardage, um, that's, so personal and some people don't need that much. Other people need a lot more. I, I swim the 200 backstroke, which is so painful for me every single time. (laughs) Um, I, you know, I can't kick enough, right. Um, I can't do enough in my kick sets. So, but, um, yeah, I think it's just basically like upping the intense the intensity for, you know, a few months before and and like 6 months before really kind of going back into the gym and and trying to work on that as well. Yeah. So, how many sessions a week would you do in a lead up to a big competition like that for in the water work? In the water, I would say 4. Yep. Um and probably 3 in the gym. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, honestly, my, I need rest too. People forget 
that, you know, when you're 20, you know, your recovery time is so much faster. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and now I really feel like, wow, I'm, I'm exhausted, <laughs> you know, like I need to take a day off and like, you know, when I feel like that, I, I definitely do. You know, I'm not one of those people that's like obsessed with how many yards I do and how, you know, I'm like a metronome. Like I just, I, a lot of times I go on, on the feeling of like, how do I feel in the morning and and my, how sore am I? So, <laughs> um, I also like we, I've been organizing for like past almost 20 years this this, uh, training trip that we go on and it's just like you would think it is. Uh, It's to an exotic Island (laughs) in the Caribbean, (laughs) of course, because if you're going to torture yourself, you have to do it in a nice place. Um, So yeah, we've been going to Barbados for many, many years and it's the people are so nice and the facility is lovely and it's always warm and sunny with beautiful waves. I mean, I know you're used to that in Australia, but uh, in New York city, we don't get so much of that. And especially in February, March, when it's, you know, like, 30 degrees and sleeting here. Um, it's a really nice way to take a break and like really focus on swimming. So we do doubles, you know, we hit the pool twice a day. We go for open water swims. There's really good surfing there actually. So people who like to surf go surfing, but it's, it's tiring. And, and when you come back from that, you're, you're in pretty good shape, you know, a week of doing doubles has its effect. Absolutely. And you can rest in between, obviously, because you're not working, you're on holiday. So everything right. more chill. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, the people, the, the people who come on it for, for basically friends of mine, all friends of mine. And um, it's really like a mental recharge as well, because you don't have to think about anything, you know, like basically I've organized it. So all our meals are taken care of. They're ready when you get there after practice. There's nothing to do other than relax and lie in the sun or go to the beach. And you just have to worry about your next workout, you know, and finishing it. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) So you leave all your worries at home in like the cold and the snow in New York and, uh, and you go to Barbados for a week and it's, it's fun. That's like, that's like the best way to like kick off the, you know, the winter, like intensity season for us. Like we have short course yards. That's our short course yard season. So, um, yeah, that's a, it's a good way. It sounds lovely. Do you, do you take a coach with you or you just, yeah, coach, right? yeah you, you do. coach yeah. yells oh. at us. <laughs> it's great. It he tells us, great. he tells us we're slacking off. It's like, it's legit. <laughs> that's good. And so earlier on, you mentioned um, that you're a member of the New York athletic club. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your involvement there and the way that that, um, club works. Hmm. Okay. So the New York athletic club, uh, I think it was founded in 1868. So it's one of the, or it might be, no, I think the Olympic club is the first, I think it's the second sports club that was founded in the United States. And it is, it's, it's sole purpose and mission at that point, or actually when it was founded, it was really instrumental in codifying what we consider sport today. So they were very instrumental in the sport of swimming and especially in water polo. So like instead, you know, what's the reason we don't swim 33 yards or, 
you know, why do we swim 25 yards or 25 meters? Like all of these things were being worked out in at the end of the 1800s. And so they were always kind of on the forefront of that. Um, and their mission has always been to support athletes in their bid to get to the Olympics. So what we're doing is that there, once you do, once you graduate from college, you're not under the kind of the control of the NCAA anymore. And a lot, there are a lot of swimmers now, like swimmer Olympic Olympians are getting older, right? So they're graduating college and they're getting faster and they're getting better and they need support. And so um, New York athletic club provides financial support for elite athletes. Um, we also have a city house team, which is a team of local swimmers, primarily I would say swimmers that have just graduated from um, NCAA Division I programs that are now working and like fully living in New York City, going to their jobs. And um, but they still like, you know, like I did miss swimming after they graduate. So they come to the New York Athletic Club and they join the team. So I'm head of that team as well. So we're, we are, um, we compete USA. So we go to USA meets and we also compete masters. We do both. Right. Okay. That's, yeah, that's yeah. interesting. So it's like a one club. We call them a one club here in Australia. So okay. they've got masters um, and opens, open and age swimmers as well. Yeah. So it's yeah. similar type of thing. So I mean, we don't have any kids, like there are no kids on our team. It's adults. Yes. But the, you know, all most of the adults, since they're young adults, are still super fast. So they're fine in USA swimming. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it's great. I mean, it's a really nice way to meet all kinds of different people coming into the city. Uh, and of course, then there are a lot of master swimmers and older swimmers at the club, too. So it's a really nice as as again, like one of the great things about swimming is that you can do it forever and you can always combine people. And so you have you know, 25 year olds with 65 year olds in the same lane doing things, similar things. And it's, um, it's really nice. So yeah, that's a really great way of looking at it and um, approaching it. I love that. And you just, you mentioned that the New York Athletic Club sponsors swimmers on their journey to the Olympics. Do Mm -hmm. those that you're sponsoring, they're um, not training there. They could be dotted all around the country. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, well, we have one local swimmer. Uh, her name is Emily Escobedo. She just won Worlds in the 200 breaststroke. Amazing. So that was amazing. We're very proud of her. And she's local. She's, a, you know, like New York girl. So that's great. Um, uh, the other swimmer we have right now is um, uh, Ryan Held, who also just had a fantastic world championships. Um, and he trains in Arizona. Um and then we have, we also are working with the Duluth sisters and they're kind of scattered all around, but um, Katie was on the Olympic team um, this year. So she was on uh, one of our relays that medaled. So that was great. Um, yeah. So we have like a small, small, but mighty cadre mm-hmm. of elite athletes, athletes that we love. We actually were um, one of our swimmers that swam locally with us. And then, um, also went to your trials. His name is Matt target. I don't know if you know. Oh, yeah, Matt. Matt target. Yes. Yeah. So he was swimming in New York for a while and now he's, he's out in, um, in LA, but yeah. So he, you know, is with the club as well. He's awesome. He's great. Right. Yeah. I saw- that's, our, that's our Australian connection. That's your Australian connection. Um, yeah. Have you seen the, um, 
the I think well here it was on Prime Video um, the Head Above Water series because Matt no. Target made a little bit of an appearance in that. I think oh, he, did he? He was doing a little bit of training with Cody Simpson with Brett. Yeah, Hall. yeah, yeah. For a while, yeah. um, you should look at that little documentary because okay. He has a, a few cameos in it that you might be. Interested. Oh, cool. No, I'll definitely check it out. That's great. That's yeah. Awesome. It, it, um, just followed four Australian swimmers. Um, so a past retired one, which was Ian mm-hmm. Thorpe. Um, mm-hmm. uh, one who, I've heard of him. You, I, I'm sure you yeah. have. I'm yeah. sure you've heard of the others. Um, following Bronte Campbell, who obviously mm-hmm. um, getting towards the end of her swimming career. Uh-huh. Kyle, Kyle Chalmers at the beginning. Yeah. Or, obviously yep. a big gold medalist and then Cody who is trying to break into the Australian right. Team. Right. and they just follow these four swimmers heading up to the just before our our trials last year yeah so very That's interesting a, have a look I will definitely watch that that sounds great yeah yeah swimmers I think swimmers enjoy that one <laughs> Just a reminder that Torpedo Swim Talk has partnered with VMeet Swim to bring you a free-to-enter Masters Virtual Swim Meet. You can enter our team or create your own. This is a fun, non-sanctioned meet, meaning times can be taken at training with a push-off or a dive in any format and submitted in short course meters on the digital portal. Really just an opportunity to challenge yourself and have some fun and see where you are against your friends, your squad mates and master swimmers around the world. Links to enter the meet will be in the show notes underneath. Join us and have some fun with this great new initiative. Don't miss out. For Tell sure. us a bit about your foundation that you um, are involved with. How oh, the, uh, the, the other the gosh. other piece of my swimming pie. I have lots of pieces of swimming pie going on. Yes, <laughs> part three, th- you know, three thirds, a third. Yeah, of, haven't you? Um, so back when I started swimming masters in New York City, New York is a obviously very diverse place, and your friends. I have friends of all shapes and colors, and um, and I love that about New York. Um, I love how, uh, how many different people are in the, in a small and intense environment. Um, but when I went to the pool, it was, uh, quite homogeneous. So I just, you know, I wanted to understand why, and, you know, there, from, from my perspective, I, I just had never experienced, um, I mean, growing up, I, there weren't very many um, minority swimmers and I just didn't know very many. So, you know, I kind of started to dig into it uh, with two other friends of mine, um, Jeremy Fain and Alan Fishman. And so we were both kind of like, we're all kind of like circling around this idea of like, how can we give back to our city um, and, and try to teach kids all the great things that we learned as student athletes. And so um, we, you know, we were thinking about like, oh, we'll help do college essays or, or, you know, we'll help teach little kids how to swim. And, you know, honestly, like every single time we tried to like get involved in something, it was really, it was actually really hard. So, and, and they weren't doing what we wanted to do. And so our idea was to combine academics and swimming because for us, that was really 
like the crux of our childhood and what led us to what we, I mean, I mean, I'm sure this is debatable, but like, you know, having successful adult lives, right. And being happy, succeeding, um, being fulfilled with your job and your life. And, you know, why, what happened, like, what were we doing that really like gave us the lessons and the structure to get to this place. And, you know, obviously it's swimming because it's such a beautifully structured sport. So um, we decided to create a foundation that supports uh, uh, underprivileged children in New York city. We started off in New York city um, and then we've grown to Louisville, Kentucky and to Los Angeles. So we have three cities. Kentucky is on a little bit of a hiatus right now because of the pool situation there, but, um, our, our primary, our first program was in New York. Uh, and now we have two programs here and we have three programs in LA. And so we work with high schools and we will teach anyone in the high school how to swim. Um, and most kids come to us not knowing how to swim. And, but every day we have an academic portion as well. So we focus really heavily on, doing your homework every day, which is a skill that these kids really need to learn that serves them well all the way through college as well. Um, And we do a lot of work with, um, well, when they, when we were having them like these college preparatory exams that they would have to take and college essay writing and also financial aid. So our goal, I mean, our goal is to create happy humans that swim, that know how to swim pretty well and get them into a really good college so they can have all the choices in life that we had. And um, swimming is the carrot because kids love to swim. And the more they know about the sport, the more they enjoy it, they bring their friends into it. And um, it's been really successful. Like our kids, um, we have a hundred percent graduation rate from college, from high school. And uh, we don't, track our kids in college because they're adults and we don't, can't do that, but, you know, they come back to us and they call us and they stay in contact with us and we know they're doing well. You know, they, we have, um, I, we just had drinks with one of our, with one of our kids who graduated probably 10 years ago and who's now like a financial analyst in wall street, you know, like, so they're, they're happy and they're doing well. And, and we work really hard on, on creating an environment and really teaching the lessons that we all learned from swimming when we were little kids. Yeah. What's well, a marvelous, a marvelous idea. How does it work on the ground? Do you have a representative in at the school or does the school recommend people that apply um, students that p- apply for it? We will take like anyone who wants to follow our rules, we take. Um, so you just have to listen to us, basically. <laughs> um, so we're happy to teach anyone how to swim. And um, and kids learn so fast. You know, it's like we have we've had kids that didn't know how to swim. And then two months later, they're swimming a 200 freestyle. You know, I mean, not fast, but they're in there. They're swimming eight laps, you know, and without holding onto the lean line, doing a flip turn. So they're, they learn really quickly. And, um, so we work, we have an academic advisor who runs the study hall and, and then we have coaches that, that coach practice. Right. 
And how many student athletes have you got um, in the foundation at the moment? Well, it's been a rough couple of years because we've had no access. Um, You know, when we were, uh, when we stopped abruptly in March of 2020, you know, we had about, I would say 50 kids in each of our programs. So, and we had three, three in New York and one in Louisville and three in in LA. So we had a lot of kids. Um, and in the summertime, we also run learn to swim programs. So we teach, we go into for free for the community. So we go in and waterproof the kids um, in the summertime. And, you know, it's like, that is also so satisfying when uh, <laughs> this summer, it was very difficult. I don't know if you have the same problem. It was very difficult to find people to work in aquatics because basically the pipeline had dried up, you know, no one was taking their lifeguarding exams. No one was getting in the pool. No one was certified. So I taught swimming this summer. (laughs) I'm an art dealer, but I I was (laughs) in the pool teaching kids how to swim this summer. Um, And it was great. Like, you know, we had one, we had a couple of girls that 16 had never swum before. They got into the shower, shallow, shallow end and screamed like bloody murder. Like I thought they were dying when they touched the water. And I was like, oh God, this is going to be a long two weeks. By the end, they were swimming in the deep end, diving underwater, um, swimming back and forth in the lane. I mean, it was just, it was great. So it was um, it's very um, I'm very proud of them. Yeah, that's so rewarding to be involved with that. And a it wonderful, really is wonderful initiative that you've come up with there. That's thank that's you, fun. thank you. Back to a little bit of your swimming. Oh, mm, <laughs> okay. <on> put <laughs> let's put the spotlight back on you. Um. Tell us about a, a race that you've done that you feel satisfied with. <laughs> That's a good one, question. One spring to mind. Oh my gosh. That I feel satisfied with. Yeah. That's a that's a yeah, a tricky question because are we ever satisfied? But right. most, mostly satisfied, I should say. Mostly satisfied. <laughs> mm. Um I would say, you know, honestly. When I was, you know, when I did my best time in both the 100 and 200 backstroke, you know, like ever, my lifetime best time, that was one of the most satisfying moments I've ever had in my life. I can't tell you, it was like years of, of like, I don't know, like work and like it, and I didn't expect it to happen. And that was like the most beautiful thing about it. It was like one of these swims where I touched the wall and I looked at the clock and I'm like, you know, like it was like, the, you know, in the cartoons, I like, I couldn't believe my eyes and it felt so good. And that was so satisfying. It was like all, you know, I, I guess like all swimmers have difficulties and go through really hard periods when they're training and, and that just kind of made it all worthwhile. It was like, okay, now, now I'm, that's good. I'm, I'm happy with that. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get down to the nitty gritty of that. So where were Mm -hmm. those two best times swum? What pool? Where were they? Yeah. Mm, One was in Virginia. Yep. At like, um, I don't know, like a, a local and it wasn't local it was like um a zone meet I guess like yeah. I think they were and then the other one the um I I can't remember where it was honestly they're they're I 
think it was probably maybe at Harvard that I, the hundred backstroke. Right. Yeah. And those are the, those are the races where you get out and you're like bounce out of the pool. You're like, wow, that was great. That was easy. I think I could do that again. And then, <laughs> and then maybe you don't, but, <laughs> but that's okay. It felt that good. <laughs> it's funny how those, those races, you never, you never feel um, any pain in them either right because your memory of them is the reward that you get at the end when you see the time so you forget right. pain I'm sure they did hurt oh I'm sure yeah I'm sure but I have I have no it was like your your mind must play that trick on you yeah on purpose right like you have no recollection of the pain just of like the most glorious endorphin laden feeling ever after that <laughs> and were they uh were they short course uh, meters time, they, short course yeah. Yeah, they were they were short course. They were short course meters. I've had some really nice swims at World Championships too. I mean, those those are. I mean, that's a that's a pretty intense meet. I think. Um, yeah, it's a pretty intense meet, and you know, like obviously, master swimming, it's like one and done, right? There's no trials and finals, so you really only get one shot. Yep. So you know, you have to keep your together. You know. Um, so there's a little, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on that. You know, yeah. you've traveled halfway around the world and you've prepared for such a long time and, you know, but those meets are wonderful. I mean, I, I love going to them yeah. just to see people from all over, all over the world. Yeah. We, I went to Perth. I was there when you oh, guys had you? it in 06. Yeah. Yeah. Did you enjoy uh, going to Perth, Western Australia? I loved Perth. Yeah. I stayed in Fremantle. Beautiful. Yes. Yeah. And um, I was there, you know, the meet is long and I, I had to get there a few days in advance to kind of acclimate and stuff. Um, so I had a glorious time there. I loved it. It was a great meet. And I, I was completely awestruck by your facilities. I'm, yeah. like, I'm like, how many pools does one place have? <laughs> This is amazing. Yeah, we do have a lot of pools in Australia. A lot of 50-metre outdoor pools, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're lucky. Getting back to something you said about pressure mm-hmm. and, and, and going to a world championships, obviously you feel that pressure most when you walk out behind the blocks. How do you deal with those butterflies before you, particularly um, backstroke, when you, you don't dive off the block, you hop in the water and you come back to the wall? So there's more time to even think about those nerves. How do you yeah. focus in and get over that? I don't know. I think just even thinking about it is making me nervous right now. Me too. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm getting butterflies right now. <laughs> also, because I haven't raced in such a long time. I don't even know. Who knows? Right? It's going to be a mess, but whatever. Um, how do I deal with it? I like to chit chat with people in the ready room. Cause like, if I just sit there by myself and like stew in my own thoughts, then, then I'm in trouble. You know, I figure like you've done everything you possibly can to prepare. So you just got to let it go. Right. Just let it happen. Do, do rest, jump in and uh, take a deep breath. <laughs> Otherwise, <laughs> Yeah, once the starting gun goes, all of those. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I try to keep. I try to keep it light. You know, God, it's already intense enough. Pete's <laughs> sake. Yeah, all those nerves uh, around behind the blocks in the marshalling room, and yeah, if exactly. you buy into that, you end up getting more nervous yourself, don't you? Right, right. I mean, 
for sure. <laughs> I was like, how much more nervous can I get? It's like, how many more times can I run to the bathroom? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm actually sweating at the moment because I'm. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> have you um do you in well let me ask this question with masters meets in america in the last few years have you been as a backstroker have you been mm-hmm. using um the backstroke ledge in races there or is it not commonly used oh what- yeah i think i think most people are trying to learn how to use that i mean it's hard i mean i, I think that for me the upper body strength to actually pull all of yourself out of the water and then get out of that tiny little ball that you're in is really tough. And, you know, not to sound like I'm a thousand years old, but I've had a hip replacement. And so like getting into that, into that starting position is, is rough. So, um, but I try to, you know, I do my best. Yeah. Uh, but yes, I think they're very helpful and they do remove um, part of the anxiety of slipping. Like I don't, when I have those, I I don't necessarily worry about like the back plant that I've certainly done a few times <laughs> when you're, <laughs> when your feet slip to the bottom and then you go nowhere, which yes. is the worst feeling ever. <laughs> yeah. Are you a backstroker? Yes, yes. So oh. I exactly what you're talking about. So yeah, yeah. yeah I've had a few dreadful. slips before. Yeah, <laughs> and I think also, also the backstroke start has changed so much. I know when I was a teenager, it was much more curved, tiny little ball. Whereas now, as you say, you pull yourself up quite straight. Yeah, you have this, and if you're waiting there, and if you've got a starter who's holding you, and you're thinking, "Oh my gosh, I can't hold on much longer," because you've got to have so much upper body strength to get up. So like much. That. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have to swim after that. I'm like, I'm wasting Absolutely. all my muscles. <laughs> just trying to help <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Just going back to something you mentioned before, um, you're an art dealer in your professional life. How mm-hmm. do those two, which I suppose outwardly look like very different sort of um, pathways in life, there's athletics and, and art, how do they both combine? How do they combine? That's a, it's a good question. I, I think that for you know, so much of my life, it, it was focused on swimming, um, when I was younger and, uh, I realized, you know, I had that wake up call at the end of, at the end of college, it's like, okay, well, what do you, what are you going to do? And I, and I really wanted to develop other facets of my life and personality and interests and passions. And I, and I knew that I needed to find, something else that was really fascinating to me. And so I had taken art, I was an art history major in, in college. And I decided to, I decided that um, I wanted to learn Italian and speak Italian because why not? Right. Um, Right, Yeah. Why not? Like, uh, and Italy is like my favorite place in the world. And so it just kind of brought me over there. I, I moved to Italy um, originally just to learn Italian. And then I did that and I enrolled in, and got my master's in Italian art history. So it, um, and that was like a great period because I really didn't think about swimming at all. You know, I thought about, I thought about art. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I wanted to continue with that and it, it mixes well. I think that I work for myself. I'm a private dealer. And so I do a lot of 
projects on my own. And I think that the, you know, the, the discipline and the, the um, kind of intensity of swimming works well with art dealing because there's a lot of research and there's a lot of kind of digging around by yourself. And um, it, I think it's like a similar approach mentally, you know, there's the, the mental approach to swimming, I think has served me very well in what I do for my profession. Yeah. So are you an artist yourself? No, I'm terrible. Oh, you know. <laughs> I'm like, I can draw a stick figure. I'm really, <laughs> I'm really, really terrible. Um, but that's not what um, art dealers do. Yeah. Right. And so, and I specialize in, uh, in old master paintings. So everything really old and crusty and dirty. And <laughs> that's what I love. <laughs> Where, no. were you, where were you based in Italy when you lived there? I was based in Florence. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It was not terrible. Yeah. That was, it was I, not, a, it was not a terrible period of my life. <laughs> hard to bear, obviously. Right, right, right. Exactly. <laughs> I always like to ask people that come on the podcast to do a fast five questions and you can just say Uh-oh. what pops into your head. They're not, okay. they're not onerous. Don't worry. <laughs> Favorite pool that you've ever swum at? Icebergs. Icebergs. Fantastic. It's beautiful, isn't it? Amazing. Actually, just as a side point, um, I don't know whether you caught on the news that there was an um, underground um, volcano eruption. Oh, yes. Tonga. It's all over the news here. Right. Because there was a tsunami warning. But yeah. Yeah. Someone posted the other day a picture of icebergs and the waves coming over the top of that pool were amazing just wow yeah oh I mean I think my two of my favorite pools are in are in Australia that pool and then the other one that's underneath the bridge it's underneath uh harbor bridge the bridge yes and it has like the luna park that's right behind it yes it's just so beautiful and you see the luna park and you're under the bridge and you're in Australia and it's like perfect yes unfortunately that one's closed at the moment being renovated but it, they are opening it up again. Yeah. Oh, good. Oh, good. Beautiful, beautiful pool. What's your favorite pre-race meal? Um, it is an omelet with cheese and mushrooms. Lovely. <laughs> <laughs> and you can get that anywhere. So it's, <laughs> and lots of coffee. <laughs> yeah, coffee. <laughs> yeah. Um, kick or pull? Oh, kick. Definitely kick. Any day. Yes. I mean, if I could put fins on and never stop. <laughs> Same. <laughs> Kick. Morning or afternoon training? Morning. I hate to admit it, but I it's better. Yep, I agree. Yeah. And favorite, now this is a tricky one. Favorite all-time set, training set. Ooh. Or your go-to set. I mean, I like doing back. So I love doing backstroke sets. So anything with like descending intervals and backstroke is my jam. Yes. Yeah. Oh, good answer. Yeah. <laughs> well, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. It's been really yeah, lovely. Thank you so much for having me. It's been so lovely seeing you. Oh, you're welcome. Lovely. Hopefully we can meet in person one day. I would love that. I would love yeah. that. Have you ever been to New York? I have been to New York. I actually, I went to, um, I went to Montreal Fina Worlds and then I went oh, to New York afterwards for a week. Very nice. So, well, when you come back, you'll have to let me know. Yeah, definitely. We'll catch a swim. 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. It's really been a pleasure and um, and I'm, I'm honored, really. Oh, absolutely. No, it's been great having you and hearing about your swimming story. So thank you thank very you. much. Okay. Well, stay healthy and be well. Yes. Likewise. All right. Thank you. Okay. Bye for now. Take care. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening in today. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Kristen. You can check out the Trident Swim Foundation website in the show notes. Also, don't forget that the virtual master's meet we are hosting in conjunction with VMeet Swim is running through till the end of February. You can enter through the link in the show notes. Till next time, happy swimming and bye for now.